0: when this all happened back in 2018 the reason why there is still some i don't know if i want to say anger but just some sadness maybe on my part is because it's that whole you know what if what could have been because you know we were seriously on the launching pad right uh, after 2018 we had just had our most successful games ever cbs wanted coverage of the open regionals and the games they wanted more content from us they wanted content that was going to get us you know prepare us for regionals like a preview preview stuff for regionals preview stuff for the games i mean they wanted the whole season and that is what the members of that media team who are in the building had worked so hard to achieve you know, it was our goal to to turn this into you know turn the crossfit games and the crossfit game season into a serious sport and here we had a network that was like yeah we want to do it with you we want to be your partners and that all went away so i still think about you know i wonder what would have happened had that gone forward
1: hi my name is scott Schweitzer, and i am the clydesdale crossfitter my friends amy radowski charlie Odie, and i we love the sport of crossfit we are 40 plus masters athletes who just love to watch the sport and want to let you know what's going on all the way from the open to the sanctionals to the crossfit games We also want to give you interviews with athletes, human interest stories, and things that will help you in your daily grind uh, as a CrossFit athlete. We also want to share our own struggles through our workouts, our nutrition plans, all the way to getting healthy and fit uh, for our family and friends. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, and please consider giving us a five-star rating. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends. My name's Scott Sweitzer. I am the Clydesdale Crossfitter, and we are full up today. We've got everybody. What's going on, Amy?
2: Not much. I'm in a little bit of a rare form today. You are
1: in a lot of a rare form.
2: Well, so, turns out I've been up for many hours today. I'm on my third spark and on uh, not very much sleep, so I'm I'm a little bit uh, in in rare form. Yeah,
1: yeah and that well, should
3: make this interesting.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think it is.
1: And coaching five a.m. really is fun for you, I hear.
2: You know, I coached five um, five a.m. and six a.m. and then um, I actually came back in um, with my seventeen year old because he wanted to hit some um, bench press and uh, deadlift. So there was a little mom son bro session here.
1: Ooh. Yeah, And what's going on, Charlie, in the car back from Cincinnati?
2: In the car,
3: riding back, living uh, the dream.
1: Awesome. So you, you had a fun day down there in the Natty?
3: Absolutely. Staring at a presentation for eight hours is wonderful. So
1: wonderful. you're wide awake for that two-hour drive back.
3: Absolutely.
2: Well, he is now because we're talking to him.
1: <laughs> All right. So how was your guys' training week? Start with start with Amy again, ladies first.
2: So Monday was rough. That was a hard workout. We came in and it was five rounds of nine toes to bar, fifteen wall balls, and then directly into nine power snatches and fifteen overhead squats. That was that was a quick burner. Um, thought that was pretty good. Tuesday um, was a longer workout. It was fine. Um, I took yesterday off, and then today it was a 40-plus club party of one because, as you heard, Charlie, it was going to Cincinnati. So super unmotivated, but I did the yeah. workout. Um, Charlie, I want you to know that I did say today is for quality. I didn't, even, didn't even turn on the clock. I just did the workout because it was not very motivating by myself. And then, as I just mentioned, I came back in and, and did a – a little extra session in here with my son because bro sesh who can say no yeah though? when when your kid is like hey mom you want to lift it's like uh <laughs> yeah sign me mm-hmm. up so that's my week
3: charlie uh well i came off of last week's fran uh which was actually wonderful for me but um Still, yeah, gotta I saw, be I saw your time, man. So, tell, let's yeah. tell
2: the listeners what was your time?
3: Uh, well, I beat my time by a minute, so I, there's that. Um, so I PR, so that's always a good time,
1: yeah. Ding, ding, ding.
3: Uh, again, still didn't beat our uh, my nemesis there in our gym, but who will remain nameless. Um, but then this week, uh, I've been pretty consistent outside of today, so um. Did all the workouts as well as got some Excel in, and obviously did my go out as usual.
2: That's what I wanted to hear about. Are you following through on your mobility there?
3: I did a test yesterday, and I'm up Ooh, I to. I was just going to ask you if, you
1: if you did a test.
3: Yep, up to a whopping twenty six percent now. Ooh, let's go.
1: Let's go. That's that's an eight percent improvement. I'm going to be like Gumby out here,
2: <laughs> basically. This go my- thing might work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turning turning steel into clay.
3: That's right.
1: <laughs> All right, cool. Well mine um mine went really well. Um Monday was horrible. That workout and that second half is everything I love about CrossFit. And I just was so spent when I got there uh that it was not as fun as I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. Um but I still was able to um I did 7 7 snatches then I do 2 and I went all the way through the 15 overhead squats. Nice. Um each round. So I'm I'm cycling better. Yeah. Um so that's good. And then um I took a rest day Tuesday and came in Wednesday which was another long chipper, which are always great for the Clydesdales. Yeah. Especially
2: um, when there's 80 burpees in there.
1: Correct. Mm, yeah. Um and, you know, I had a hundred calories on an assault bike. Right. Um, so that was, that was a blast. I actually came into it saying, I'm just going to move tonight. I'm not really going to go after it. And then so I turned my mind off, got 15 push presses into that first 20. and realized I had not put the bar down. I was like, well, I guess we can go. Yeah. So just went straight by through.
2: Feel.
1: Yeah. And, um, my hopes were tonight, get a little flush out, uh, Cause I am fifty, and um, just do some like cardio machine type stuff to get a flush out, and then be back at it tomorrow morning. Cause I have to do an interview at five twenty in the morning.
2: There you go. And just do
1: the workout after. Um, but the the big news is, I actually had a couple people reach out to me through social media um, because I always mentioned casts on my legs, um, and so just to explain that, um, I have a hereditary disease that uh, developed over time where the valves in my veins didn't work. And um, I finally got an op- operation to fix that. In one leg in November, one leg in January. Um, the casts I talk about are compression casts, and what that does is it push, it helps push the blood back up through the leg because the valves weren't working. Um, and they do that; they're doing that until it heals. Today, I went to the doctor and uh, was pleasantly surprised that I got approved for a skin graft. Nice. Uh, it's a um, synthetic skin. And they're going to apply that next Thursday. Uh, cause at one time I had eight open wounds on my legs and now I'm down to two.
2: Okay.
1: Um, and they just want to finish it off. They want to be done. And so by putting the skin graft on, it'll help the live skin kind of grab it, Mm -hmm. uh, and be able to bridge, bridge over, uh, to, to each side. So, uh, it's supposed to speed up the process. So I have one week without cast to kind of let my skin, um, get, get some reprieve, uh, and because I get dermatitis from the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of get that cl- to clear up because they have to put me back in the cast for the skin graft.
2: And then is the goal to once you're healed from the skin graft, then you would be done with the casts? Correct. OK, great. Yeah,
1: altogether, together, just to, um, probably wear compression socks um, just to help it along because I am prone to these valves not working. And just to keep the other veins working well. Uh, that are still kind of pumping along in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I can deal with a compression sock compared to a, a cast. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that very much. So that it was our training week. Uh, nutrition, I, I do want to say nutrition's been on point. Um, I am really in a groove. And I think it's really because this podcast has made me so incredibly busy right. that I <laughs> actually forget to eat oh. at times.
2: Well what's we don't want to do that
1: well i trust me i am i'm not going hungry okay. uh, <laughs> um, but it's it's not like for an addict like me food has always been in the forefront of my mind and by being so busy it's just not in the forefront anymore um so that 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 i think is really good
3: so you're saying that you you're eating more would you know that you need to as opposed to i'm just going to eat to eat
1: Right, I'm eating when I'm hungry, and I actually subscribed to MacroStacks this week. Oh yeah,
2: uh, I've been thinking about trying that. So, so they were
1: running a President's Day sale where yeah. it was half price if you bought the year. Yeah. Um. So I got it at like fifty bucks for the whole year.
2: That's pretty good.
1: Um, for, and the app is really awesome. Uh, you you it actually has a barcode scanner. Yep. And it loads in uh, what the macros are and whatever oh, you. Um, sweet. Yeah. And you, and it basically shows you three buckets: your protein, your carbs, and your fat. And you see the buckets kind of deplete as you enter your food. And it's not necessarily by meal; it's by the day.
2: Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. And you get your thumbs up still when you get your macros.
1: So I just have been doing it for two days. <laughs> okay. uh, I have not earned a thumbs up yet. Okay, let's get you one. I am, I am. Calorie deficit, according to macro stacks still. Mm. Uh, But I'm eating like three meals a day. I need to add some snacks in, it looks like. Um, And the other cool thing is that actually, you can actually push it and it'll give you, if you want, it'll load you a meal to say this is what you need to eat to get your your macros with the recipes included. Yep. Which is pretty cool too. So that's where I am. Uh, Things are going well. Um, And so at this point... Uh, We actually did an interview with Sean Woodland a few days ago. And what we're going to do is go to that interview now. I hope you enjoy it. Sean actually was very open and honest about a lot of things uh, that have happened to him over the last 18 months, uh, including uh, the big layoff at CrossFit HQ. The purge. Yeah, as Nikki always said, the purge. Um, But he's very open and honest about it. And I think... It's very telling, um, but the one thing we also could tell is there's a couple subjects that Sean is very passionate about, and when we brought up those couple subjects, like dogs, yeah, the Los Angeles Rams, uh, he just lit up like a Christmas tree. So yeah. I hope you enjoy the interview, and we'll chat with you when we get done. Hey, Sean, how you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, so I want to introduce you to uh, our audience. And if they couldn't tell from that voice, this is Sean Woodland, uh, the voice of the CrossFit Games and the Rogue Iron Games, um, and also uh, the member, one of the members of Talking Elite Fitness uh, that we all love to listen to, and Two Brains Radio. Am I missing anything? Correct. Am I missing anything? I don't
0: think so. You make me sound a lot more important than I am with all that, then. <laughs>
1: When I was doing research, there was a long list of things that you've done, like rock climbing competitions and strongman, mm-hmm. yep. which I love the strongman as well. Uh,
0: yeah, that's still a lot of fun.
1: So are, are you uh, are you coming in for the Arnold?
0: Uh, unfortunately, I am not. Uh, I, I, my wife is due with our first child, like right around that date. So I had to kind of black out two weeks before and after. So I've had to. Uh, unfortunately turned down some gigs um like i, I wanted to go to wadapalooza won't be able to do that um and then I, yeah i won't I won't be at the arnold this year but hopefully i'll be back again next year but it's for it's for a good reason so. yes
2: speaking of that congratulations
1: <laughs> thank
0: you thank you appreciate yeah. it
1: well, we, we're we actually in columbus ohio uh, oh great and so love- amy's actually competing at the arnold yeah. in the crossfit competition and i'm judging the competition oh cool uh, so we were hoping to see you, but you—it is a good reason why you're going to miss.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah, I was really hoping to make it uh, this year, and uh, but yeah, I, I will. I will definitely take that trade off.
2: Oh, uh, for sure. Summer. So this is your first child.
0: <laughs> it is, yes.
2: Exciting times. I'm sure everybody's warned you. You know, get all your sleep now, but. Yep. Mm-hmm. That doesn't really mean <laughs> anything until you're really in it, and you know what that means.
0: <laughs> I'm. I'm just. Uh, I, I'm looking at this as like you know. Like Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And this is like a giant punch in the face from life. So I'm going to roll with it and we're just going to figure it out.
2: Yeah, for sure. I have to say, you know, on today, my baby was going on a college visit. So that feels, oh, wow. yeah, that feels a little, oh, no, my baby needs to stay at <laughs> well, home.
0: This conversation when I reach that point. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> and my, my daughter is just finishing up her freshman year. So at college. So oh. yeah. Yeah, Where we, at? we uh, Ohio University. Okay. In uh, photojournalism. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So she she's makes me proud every day.
2: So speaking of though being being a father, I know that you are really passionate about rescues and dog rescues. Yeah. So tell us about your dogs.
0: We have three dogs. Uh, our first dog that we got we got back in twenty twelve, I believe. Uh, and I adopted him from a family that uh, this guy had bought him for his son uh, and his son just lost interest. Mm. And uh, Spike is a at the time he was a 10 month old, old, old English bulldog. And my girlfriend, now wife, uh, at the time we'd been talking about getting a dog. And. You know, I, I started looking. I was like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe we can, we can find one. We And we thought we'd get something a little more low energy just because we both, you know, were working full time. And I came across Spike and I didn't, at the time, I didn't know the difference between English and Old English Bulldog. So I just said, oh, it's an English Bulldog. He'll be, you know, kind of small and, and easy to deal with. Uh, well, he, when I adopted him, he was 85 pounds because oh Old gosh. English are big. Yeah. And uh, he is now eight years old. No. Is it eight years old? Yeah, he's eight. Just turned eight in December. We have him. We got him in 2012. Then in 2016, we, my wife and I, went to uh, Tahoe on a vacation, and we were talking with uh, Del Lafountain, who's a masters athlete. I went to his gym, and he was saying, "Oh, you got to get two dogs. You got to get two because they keep each other entertained. It's great." And my wife and I kind of we started thinking about it. And Spike didn't always get along with other dogs, but we thought, you know, maybe if we get a puppy. You can get along with the puppy, and so we found uh, a dog up for adoption up in Burlingame, which is right up the road from us uh, here in San Jose. And we, I said, okay, let's go and visit. Let's, let's go check it out. Which was, you know, the second you go and visit, it's over right. because you're not <laughs> leaving with. The yeah, dog. you're committed
2: <laughs> right at that point.
0: Right. So we got there. Uh, my wife uh, got into the pen with these little puppies that, at the time, we were told were like uh, bulldog and basset hound uh mixes so we're thinking perfect not going to be high energy well they turned out to be something completely different but uh she gets in the pen <laughs> with these i think it was five or six puppies and this one just gets right up to her and i'm like well i guess we got ourselves a dog so yeah. uh we adopted scout and scout is uh kind of part hound part uh american staffordshire terrier part pekinese so she's smaller but super high energy super fun great dog so we adopted her in 2016 and she's going to turn uh three Uh, this year Um, and then in may of 2017 we adopted our third and we got him we got dozer from a rescue organization and we are still good friends with his foster mom and uh still good friends with everybody in that organization they are up uh just outside of napa uh their dogwood animal rescue we love them to death so yeah we adopted dozer and Again, we thought we were getting kind of this little squish ball of a dog, and then he turned into be another 95-pound dog. So <laughs> we've got two big dogs, one small dog, but we you know, we love them all. Uh, it's been a challenge at times. We just uh, sent Dozer to uh, board and train for like five weeks just to you know, work on some, uh, not major issues, but just kind of kid-proof him a little bit. Sure. Uh, he's the most sort of uh, erratic dog that we have. He, he has a tendency to get a little nervous and scared and act out, so we wanted to deal with that. But Got him back last weekend, and now we're
2: one big happy family again. So, yeah, I just rescued a dog, uh, I would say, about two years ago. and It was on Memorial Day weekend, so of course I had to name him Murph. But um, nice. just the other day though, I was, I texted my husband and I said, so I'm just looking on pet finder. I'm just looking for a little Valentine for Murph.
0: Yeah, Man, it, it's dangerous. My friends will send me, Oh, Hey, check these dogs out. And I go, you know, you are waving crack in front of an addict. Like you cannot yeah. do that because I will go and get it and it's, we'll figure it out later. So yeah, that's I've had what... to be to stay away from that stuff.
2: Yeah. He told me I should start looking for a dog friendly apartment. So. <laughs> so that was the end of that. Yeah
1: so um what got you into crossfit did you announce crossfit first or did you do crossfit first
0: i did crossfit first and this was back in 2007 and so before anything really started taking off with it it had been around obviously for a while yeah you're an og yeah og og (laughs) i was working um in jacksonville florida at the time at a tv station there and typical you know workout that most people were doing at the time I'd go to my local globo gym and you would do, you know, you do chest and tries and back and buys, and then you'd skip leg day and then you maybe run on the treadmill. And then I, I played some hockey. Uh, and that was like, that was my fitness and I was just sort of getting sick of the whole routine. And I worked with a guy, uh, in the sports department there, whose wife was a personal trainer and she had just started, training this thing called CrossFit. And he told me about it. He goes, it's great, man. You gotta, you go to this website and they just have one workout that you do for the day. And that's your workout. I said, well, that doesn't sound like it would be enough for me. And then I looked at the website and I was just like, okay, I don't really know what this is. And sort of just ignored it. Then, uh, a couple, probably a month or so later, I said, you know what, I'm going to give this a try. So I went in, I agreed to, to sign up and it wasn't, again, this was not a CrossFit gym. She was just working out of a like a regular personal training studio that had a gym in it. And there were some people there who were doing CrossFit. So I walked in and I said, all right, I'm going to do this. And I remember the the first workout she had me do was just 10 rounds for time of Cindy. That was it. You know, we did some other stuff, but that was going to be my workout. And I remember like almost dying, just thinking the whole time. like, this is impossible. How could anybody do this for 20 minutes? I mean, this is just come on you have to be superhuman to get through this. And then from that point I was hooked because I had realized that, you know, first I had never been pushed in a gym like that before. And second that I had been wasting my time in the gym up until that point. And I'm like, I got to get, I just dumped myself into it and loved it.
2: So my very first workout was half of Cindy. So we did Mm -hmm. 10 minutes of Cindy. And I remember, so this was about eight years ago. uh, I got four rounds of that. Yeah. And, I, I'll do four rounds of Cindy now and like for a quick warm up to, to do, you know, to get warmed right. up. And so um, that's, it's actually one of my favorite workouts though now.
1: Yeah. Cindy was in my first workout too, but it was called Murph. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is not the way to get thrown into it.
1: No, I, I walked in the gym at over 500 pounds and Murph was on the board. Wow. I almost walked out. Um, but yeah, that's, it makes it for a cool story now. Uh, Ten years mm-hmm. later, that things are much better than they were then, um, but oh, yeah. yeah. So, what got you into um, the media side of things? You said you worked TV in uh, in Jacksonville.
0: I did. So I started my media career as just a, a sports anchor, and my first job uh, was in a little city, little town. Actually, I didn't even call it a city uh, called Kalispell, Montana. It's in the northwest corner of the state, uh, by Glacier National Park. And that was my first real TV job out of college. And it was the weekday sports anchor for the NBC affiliate station up there. That was part of like a larger group of affiliates in uh, Western Montana. It had to be be beautiful anyway. Oh, it was gorgeous. But I mean, if, you know, from a kid coming from California who was used (laughs) Uh, to sort of suburb big cities, this, it was a, it was definitely culture shock, um, So I worked there for a year and a half, and then I moved to Tallahassee, Florida, and worked at the ABC station there as their sports director. And then I moved to Jacksonville, uh, worked there for about nine years as the weekend sports anchor, sports reporter. Uh, Got out of it, actually, because when this is this is a longer answer than I'm sure you were looking for. But in 2008, um, when the recession hit. Uh, they were looking to make cuts and I knew I had a big target on my back. So long story short, they didn't renew my contract. I wind up getting into the world of advertising and PR, uh, worked for an agency there that was fantastic and then ended up moving back home to Sacramento, California. And while I was home, I was still doing uh, PR and marketing and still freelancing a little bit here and there, uh, for television, doing some stuff for Comcast Sportsnet Bay area. And I was a big fan of CrossFit, and I wanted to go to the game. So I went as a spectator in 2011. And while I'm sitting in the crowd uh, in the tennis stadium, I, I looked out on the floor, and I think this was – I want to say it was before the Killer Cage event that year. Roy McKernan's on the floor, and he's got an ESPN mic, and Miranda is out there with an ESPN mic. And I start looking around, and there are these TV cameras going on, you know, all over the place. And I was like, wait, what is going on here? You know, i, I got to figure – got to find out about this. Like, this is perfect for me. So I, I got back home. And I sent off a random email, I think, to media at CrossFit.com and just said, this is who I am. This is what I've done. Here's kind of a brief resume. I would love to get involved. Don't know if you guys are hiring or looking to expand, but, yeah, love to help out. Didn't hear anything. February 2012 rolls around. The gym I was working uh, out at at the time in Sacramento asked if I would go get my level one so I could coach at the gym. And they would pay for half of it. I said, yeah, I'll do that. So I went, and it was at University of Nevada, Reno, and one of the instructors was Pat Sherwood.
2: Oh.
0: At the time, there Pat was pretty big. Yeah, he was one of the big presidents in the uh, media department. So during one of the breaks, I sort of you know worked up my courage, and I went up to him, and I said, hey, uh, I don't know if you guys are looking to expand the media department or how one gets involved, but here's what I've done. This is kind of my background. Uh, you know, Can I talk to somebody? He goes, shoot me your info, and I'll forward it. I said, perfect. And to his credit, he did. Uh, so I didn't really hear anything after that. May rolls around, and this is right before regionals of 2012. So this is when they still had like 17. And I'm sitting at my desk at work, and I get a call, and I don't recognize the number. It's from Las Vegas, Nevada. So I said, well, I guess I'll pick it up. I pick it up, and it's Roy McCurden. So I immediately bolt out the side door and go outside. Um, and Roe says that, You know, hey, I've had your stuff for a while. You've been on our radar since August, which is when I sent that first email. Oh, nice. Because we're putting a team together to go do a broadcast for ESPN3 of the central east regional so basically basically they were doing a warm-up for the games because they were going to do the games on espn that year for espn 3 as well and he asked if i would be interested in doing play-by-play for the women's competition and i tried to think of a word that i could say faster than yes and i just like <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm absolutely and i'll do it whatever and yeah that's kind of how it started so they brought me out then um in 2012 i went and I, again i still had a full-time job back in sacramento uh they liked how i did they asked me to come back and do the games, said yes again, uh, helped them with their post-production shows, and then when January of 2013 rolled around, they hired me full-time.
1: That is really cool. Yeah. So w- when when were you in Tallahassee? I was in
0: Tallahassee from 1998 to 2000.
1: I lived in Tallahassee in the, from 96 to 2000. Oh, wow. Where at? Uh, I lived just off of, uh, 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 gosh, Monroe Street? Um, kind of back oh, yeah. in a little apartment there.
0: Mm-hmm. I know,
1: right? I, where that is. and I worked um, just off of Appalachie Parkway.
0: Okay, yeah, I was at uh, I was like Capitol Circle and I think Meridian that area.
1: Uh, my wife worked right in there.
0: Oh wow, small <laughs> world.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, we had, we had fun for four years down there.
0: Yeah, it's a good little city, man.
1: Yeah. Um. So, so we actually had Nikki Brazier on a couple episodes ago. And she talks so highly of you. Um, oh,
2: I think he's outstanding.
1: And Great uh, yeah, she's fun. She also talks about how close knit that media team is with with mm-hmm. CrossFit. Uh, did could, can you expand on that a little bit?
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, we it, it, I think shared misery, just like in the gym, brings people together. And so the media team that we started to build, we you know we all came in. It was relatively you know, early in the building process. So like Nikki was one of the first in there uh, when we started expanding. And I think that we all sort of hammered this thing out together and helped, you know, build it together. And, uh, you know, it was tough at times because a lot of times we were, you know, we didn't have the resources or, you know, we, we, we were asked to do some Herculean tasks that we didn't think we could pull off. And we did. And Nikki was a big part of that. And the people who came on board you know, were a big part of that. And, you know, it, there were weekends during, like, during regionals where we we spent like 12 hours a day together in, in close quarters, and you start to become a family like that. And, you know, like any family, you, you have your arguments, but you also have your really good times as well. And the other thing I think that contributed to that is that we were rarely the entire team together at the same time. So we dealt with, with each other, especially, you know, I dealt with everybody, but it was mostly uh, remotely. So I would talk to, you know, Nikki but I'd only see her once a year. And that was in in Madison or in Carson. I'd talk to Jeremy Austin in Australia, but I'd only see him once during the games. I'd talk to our floor announcers and maybe I'd see them once or twice, depending on whether or not I went to a regional. So when we would all get together uh, for the big production, whether it be in Carson or in Madison, it was like a family reunion. And we all became super close because not only did we love doing the media side of things and we love, we were super proud of what we had built, but we all love CrossFit as well. Uh, so it was just a blast every time we got all these guys, you know, and women together and it was, that's what made when everything changed. That's what made it so hard because it was like watching your family get torn apart. And, uh, she's hundred percent right that we were a family. We still are a family. We're, we still are super close. And it's a lot of fun when we get to go work some sanctioned events together. And uh, I see Nikki, uh, you know, or I'll get to work with Tommy or I'll see Bill Grundler or chase uh, and all these guys that, you know, help build this thing. Uh, it's, it's something special because none of us could have done what we did without each other. It was, it was truly a team effort.
1: Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna approach that, that hard part of the story uh, when the layoffs came um, and that Mm. broke up that family for a period of time. Um, But everybody seems to be doing pretty good after that. You know, you have a lot of things going on right now. Um, What is your view now 18 months after that fact?
0: Um, you know, it, it's, there's still some, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I said I, I, there still wasn't a part of me that's upset about it. And, but where, you know, like you said, everyone has kind of landed on their feet with this thing. Um, you know, I've been, I've been super fortunate to have, you know, Tommy and for us to be able to do what we're doing uh, with our podcast and to continue working uh, on some of these sanction events and work with rogue, you know, super thankful for them. Uh, love working with rogue they're a first class organization you know I just can't say enough good things about them and I'm just so proud to be part of that team um, but you know like I said when this all happened back in 2018 the reason why there is still some I don't know if I want to say anger but just some sadness maybe on my part is because it's that whole you know what if what could have been because you know we were seriously on the launching pad right uh, after 2018 we had just had our most successful games ever cbs wanted coverage of the open regionals and the games they wanted more content from us they wanted content that was going to get us you know prepare us for regionals like a preview preview stuff for regionals preview stuff for the games i mean they wanted the whole season and that is what the members of that media team who are in the building had worked so hard to achieve You know, it was our goal to to turn this into, you know, turn the CrossFit games and the CrossFit game season into a serious sport. And here we had a network that was like, yeah, we want to do it with you. We want to be your partners. And that all went away. So I still think about, you know, I wonder what would have happened had that gone forward. But there is, there has been something really cool about creating something on our own now. You know, Tommy and I decided to to do the podcast. We built that up. That seems to be going well. Uh, You know, I get an opportunity now to, to be at home and you know work from home and which is great given what's you know going on in my personal life with expecting our first kid. Um, I, I still get to see a lot of my friends that I made on the media team still get to, you know, I get to travel and, and do some, some cool events, but the, the thing about it now is, is that we are all sort of dependent on someone else for our success. You know, Tommy and I can't do the podcast if this the whole thing goes away. Um, so that's a little nerve wracking at times, but it does seem like the pieces are in place right now to make, something pretty cool and i think for some long-term success here for the sport
2: yeah and i think you know especially when there's such a big change like that there's definitely this grieving period right so you're grieving what could have been and and what you know your family um as far as the media team but and then you know just with change there can be very positive things that come from that but there is this grieving process that happens yeah i think yeah and we oh go ahead go ahead
0: no i was gonna say we certainly went through that you know and it was uh there was a time where you know, Tommy and I were talking like, do we even want to do this anymore? Yeah, and we were just so and I, at least I was and I, he had a little bit he was out before I was. So I, it was the wound was still a little more, a little more fresh for me. But yeah, we, you know, we went through that and then we just said, no, nah, let's let's go. Let's do this.
1: I think from the outsider's perspective, what I what I just never understood is because CBS wanted to take all of that, why they didn't just break off. CrossFit as a sport into its own entity, and I think you and Tommy have talked about that on Talking Elite Fitness. Um, it, it just confuses me why that didn't happen. Um, I think we're yeah. we're kind of getting there now, but it's a lot slower process than what it could have been.
0: Yeah, the you know I I talked to some people about that you know, kind of off the record who are, um, you know, in higher up in the CrossFit organization. And the, the main reason I was given is that it was, you know, Greg just didn't want to give up control. I and mean, it's as simple as that, yeah. you know, and uh, people would ask me all the time, well, I don't, I don't get it. Why would they do this? And why would they do that? And I, and I would give them that answer. And I don't think it's the answer they wanted to hear, but that is the truth. Um, but, you know, we are, I, I, like I said, I think this thing is starting to build some momentum to possibly, possibly get back on the track towards something of that nature when I mean something that's covered on a wider scale.
1: And and that kind of leads me into the next question is apart from, from you personally looking at the, at the landscape of CrossFit as a whole, do you think we're in a better place today than we were 18 months ago?
0: Um, yes and no. Um, I think that yes, in the stand from the standpoint that, I, I give the sanctioned events a ton of credit. I think that the ones I have been to, and there are not many, but the ones I have been to, I was super impressed. You know, I went to the Filthy 150 in Ireland early this year, uh, earlier, I'm sorry, last year, and uh, they did a fantastic job. It was a great event, super impressed with what they put on over there. And they had a high quality stream that people could watch. Um, yeah, you know, I, I went to the Mayhem Classic. That's going to stick around for a while. Had a great time there. You know, the Rogue Invitational is phenomenal what and the loud and live events are going to always going to be great. And I think what the good thing that the sanction event organizers are doing is that they're, they're sharing best practices um, which is a good thing. So they're making their events better. Uh, I think you're seeing more access uh, for a worldwide audience on a lot of these better access, uh, more high quality access Uh, that still has a long way to go though. I think with some of them and there's still an interest in these events. Um, I think the, the problem is, and I was talking to someone about this uh, a couple weeks ago is that I think the system under which the sanctioned events are working right now is sort of holding things back from the standpoint of being able to attract a bigger audience. Because when you look at any sport, take, you know, national football league or major league baseball or the NBA, the NHL, all sports essentially have the same structure and it starts regular season playoffs championship. And you can explain how those sports whittle that field down and then ultimately arrive at a champion relatively simply. I mean, I could explain the NFL season to someone who knew nothing about it pretty quickly with the, with the structure that's in place now with the CrossFit game season, it is super hard to explain to anybody how we get from open to games, who qualifies, what that process is, and how you kind of work your way through the season.
2: Yeah, because it's not really a season. (laughs) It's so long. Yeah.
0: Right, exactly. And, And it's like, okay, well, that person qualified through the Open. Well, how'd that person qualify? You know, well, that person was a national champion but didn't finish in the top 20. But I thought you had to finish in the top 20 to qualify out of the open. No, you can finish top 20 or you can be a national champion. Okay, well, that person won that sanction event. Does that mean that person earned an invite? No, that person already had a qualifying spot, so it drops down to fourth plate. Yeah, you know, it's like that's yeah. yeah it's that kind of complexity that doesn't lend itself to being you know, accessible to a wider audience. Because one thing that sports need to have, or a couple of things they need to have is they have to have an easily under relatively easy under, to understand season and structure uh, information that is readily available and, and easily accessible about that season. Uh, and you know, you need to have some sort of coverage on a regular basis. So those things are starting to uh you know, kind of evolve a little bit, but it's the structure that I think needs to change for us ultimately to get back on the track where we were just a couple of years ago, if they could get something and I'm not saying you have to make it exactly like the old system of open regional games, but if they could get to something that looked a little bit like that to where you had the open and then you had out of the open, a group of uh sanctional, eligible athletes who then moved on to these sanctioned events and then the sanctioned events acted as the qualifiers of the games, then I think you're getting somewhere. And then I think the other problem you have is that 28 sanctioned events are way too many. They're all fantastic. And I don't think any of them are doing a bad job, but it's just too many. Uh, So if there's a way to maybe rotate some things through or, you know, work with that, but I I think that slowly, but surely they are, they're working towards that. It's just a matter, I think of now getting the system in place to where it makes sense to everybody.
2: Sure. And so that it's more consistent because there seems to be a lot of inconsistencies with it.
1: Right. And right. I, and I completely agree with the 28 sanctionals. It, it needs to be event watching instead of, and, and now that we have, it's been announced three sanctionals are not even going to live stream that you can't even watch it to find out who is going to win. Uh, that makes hmm. it difficult too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to be able to, you know, be able to follow the sport. And I think that was the thing uh, under the old system is that, you know, you had, five weeks of the open and then you had three weekends of regionals and everybody knew where to watch and how to watch. And they were all on and you could get all the information easily. And then you had a break and then you had the games. Um, So, you know, look, if you could get the season down to, you know, open maybe 10 or 12 sanctioned events and then games, and it was sort of that similar flow. I mean, I think you're, I think you're golden there. And again, it's, it's unfortunate because the sanctioned events, they're all doing a great job. You know, there's not one, I, I haven't heard of one out there that's been bad. Uh, or that's been uh, the athletes have had a a bad experience at and and it seems like you know tommy has been to a lot more than i have he's in norway right now and he comes back and just tells me about you know what a great job that these events do especially kind of tying into local culture uh and giving athletes a really unique experience but there's got to be you know there's just got to be a way to work out work this out and and i don't know honestly if if you don't if you don't have a stream and you're not you know drawn in big sponsors these things are not cheap to put on. So how many years in a row can you do this? So is it you know we're going to throw 28 out there and then what happens next year maybe we're down to 20 or maybe you know who knows. But uh yeah, I just that's it, it it's a it's a bad problem because good people are going to be on the outside looking in because 28 is just too many. We have just got to figure out how to kind of thin the herd a little bit.
1: Right. And keep it keep it global at the same time.
0: Yes, keep exactly. going it
1: globally. So um so you you were hired by Rogue after all of this happened too. So you do you're the announcer for the Rogue Iron Games and specifically anything CrossFit and uh, strongman, correct?
0: Uh, yes. So they, they hired me. They hire me on a project basis, but I yeah I work a lot with them. And, and again, just so thankful for that because they uh, yeah they're a, they're a first class organization.
1: Be, being from Columbus, you know we we have pride in Rogue because they're our little local company that's gone our huge. little
2: local one. yeah. <laughs> and it's cool for us to be able to go to um the Rogue Invitational cuz it feels like we're going to the games and
0: oh yeah you know. yeah that event um well, i left there last year thinking man this was this was fantastic it was like a mini games yeah and it seemed like all the fans had a great you know had a great experience you know i know from a media standpoint i had a blast i thought it was well run i think the athletes had a great time uh and and that's what i mean that's what you get with rogue man they don't they don't go halfway on stuff. They're going to do it all the way and they're going to do it the right way. And that's uh, what I've learned from working with them is that you know, they're going to, they're going to do this the right way.
1: So we know you're kind of homebound for the next four or five weeks because <laughs> you got a little package coming and don't yeah. want to miss that. Um, but what, what's your schedule look like after that? Are you going to do any more of the sanctionals before we get to the games? Uh, uh
0: yeah, I'm, I'm talking to a couple right now. Hopefully something will work out with that. Um, I know for sure I got another USA climbing event that I'm doing in April. Uh, I have the rogue invitational and then I have the games. Uh, there are some other projects that don't involve me being live on air um, that I'm going to do as well. But yeah, that's, that's the immediate future. But like I said, I am, I am talking to, uh, to a couple sanction events about maybe helping them out uh, with some stuff and would love to do that because I love going to these things and I love being part of the, of the broadcast and you know, I want these to succeed. So whatever I can do to help, I, I want to do it. Because like I said earlier, you know, my success is dependent on a lot of other people's success. So whatever I can do to kind of get that tied to all, you know, raise all boats, that's kind of what I want to do.
1: Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. We, we talk about that a lot. And that's big in the CrossFit community, right? We, we all want to to help our brethren uh, finish a workout or, and we all lift mm-hmm. each other up and it it's kind of, it's cool that that has, uh, leaked out into like media with, with you and Tommy and Nikki and all of that as well. Yeah. So I just want to thank you very much for uh, taking some time to, to be with us today. Uh, I love the stories. Thank you for being honest. I think uh, it's great to hear that, that there's still some wounds from what happened uh, with CrossFit and uh, hopefully we can get over those at some point and that the sport can still grow. Cause I know Amy and I love the sport. We, we watch it every time it's on. And if it was gone, I don't know what I'd do.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. You know, I am optimistic. I think, I think there's some really good people out there uh, who are working really hard to keep this thing on track. And yeah, I think we just all need to be a little patient. And that's why I tell people, like, if you, you know, if you want to watch this, if you want this thing to succeed, you know, go to your local sanction event, go to these things, Um, you know, watch the streams, uh, support the sponsors and, and we can all get this thing you know back to where we want it to be.
1: So I'll just leave you with this one little question. Do you think Jared Goff is really the answer for the Rams? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: um, uh, yeah, well, okay. Yes, I do. I the problem is, is that, you know, their their difficulties this last season can be tracked towards making some bad free agency decisions with regards to their offensive line and the mysterious health of Todd Gurley. I think if they can patch up their offensive line, I think if they get Gurley back on track, uh, I like the fact that they actually hired an offensive coordinator. Um, I think with all of those things that, yes, I think they can they can get back to uh to where they were a year ago, because you know you, you look at some of the, the throws that Jared made, not only this last season, but the season before that. I mean, they were a huge big time NFL throws. I mean, he had a he had a touchdown pass to Cooper Cup in the corner of the end zone against the, the Vikings. That was one of the greatest best throws I've ever seen. He's you know, rolling out and you know drops that thing in a bucket on the run. Uh, I think he has all the skill set. I just don't think he had the right circumstances this year you know a lack of a good running game and a lack of protection is going to affect any quarterback and i think it certainly affected him uh and look he is a guy who not just like any other quarterback does not like pressure and uh i think teams know that you get in his face that it's going to affect him a little bit more than than other quarterbacks uh but yeah i i have confidence in uh goff
1: I, I just had to take that little jab because I'm actually a Chicago Bears fan and I get that question ah, almost well, daily whether I have faith in Trubisky or not. So I thought <laughs> I'd throw that say, at you.
0: question.
2: <laughs> so uh, I, I have another question though. Do you still play ice hockey?
0: I do. I do. I, not as much as I'd like. Um, unfortunately, and I I, just, I think this is a, a problem that that uh, a lot of people who play beer league hockey deal with. The ice times are so, so ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, the earliest game that we have sometimes, I think it's like 8.15 at night. And I've had two in a row that have been scheduled at 11.15 p.m. And I'm thinking, I can't do that. Yeah. I have stuff to do the next day. Because I can't play for an hour, come home, unwind for two, because I can never sleep after I, I get done playing. you know. And then get up at 8.00 the 7.00 in the morning and be somewhat functional the next day. So, I, I still play. I'd like to play more uh, if the times were better. But... Yeah, I love it. It's something I want to do for as long as I possibly
2: can. So here's my follow-up question to that. Does your wife allow you to store your hockey gear inside the house? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> I <laughs> my not hus- allow my
0: The dogs wouldn't allow myself right? to store my, my – That is a unique smell. It
2: really is. My husband uh, plays ice hockey um, on a mm-hmm. on a beer league too. Not not as frequently now, but, I, yeah, that, that stuff is not allowed to come in the house. No way. I
0: unfort oh man, this is the worst. So when I was in college, I, uh, <laughs> I, I played inline hockey and I had all my gear, but I lived on campus with three other guys in my apartment. So there's no way I'm bringing it into the apartment. So I had to leave it in my car and just oh. try to like let it air out. Oh no. And it, my car should have been. It should have been just you know just condemned by a hazmat team because it was awful, awful. And I, but yeah, that's what you do for the game, you know. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> Well, it was so great to talk to you. I really I really appreciate you taking the time, and we look forward to my pleasure to hearing about your, your new bundle of joy joining the family. So we wish you luck with thank that. Thank
0: you. Thank yeah. you very much. I appreciate you, you having me on.
1: Yeah, yeah best of luck, and, and thank you very much for taking the time out. And I'm glad you're a good sport about the last couple little questions, just to <laughs> yeah. have some oh, fun as, know, as we I, finished up.
0: No problem talking Rams football. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> All right, Sean. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.
0: Thank you. All right.
1: right. Bye. Bye. So that was a really good interview with Sean. And I think you can tell that he, you know, there are some passions in his life that he really opened up about. Uh, But I was really, really happy that he was open and honest about his feelings about the layoff and how it still is affecting him today, even though he's seeing some success uh, in other venues uh, of his life. But that had to be rough.
2: And I can't wait to hear when the new addition arrives in their family.
1: Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Because I know they struggled to, to get pregnant, so it's going to be a pretty happy day when they yeah. when they actually have the baby. So we are sitting here. It's currently Thursday night, uh, and Wadapalooza started this afternoon. Mm-hmm. And Wadapalooza has one hell of a lineup of people uh, going this weekend. I was able to watch uh, Loose for the women and for the team before I left work today, um, but we just want to kind of preview the weekend. And if you don't know, on the women's side, we have the big matchup of Tia and Sarah that everybody is looking forward to. Uh, Sarah coming off two huge wins in the sanctionals and Tia a dominant performance at the Mayhem Classic. Um, Luce actually wasn't a disappointment. Uh, that would not be what I would call Sarah's uh, strong suit. And she finished third. Third. Uh, in a very stacked field, uh, just behind Tia and Carrie Pierce, but other women uh, in the field, as I mentioned, Carrie Pierce, Brooke Wells, Danny Spiegel, Jessica Griffith. Um, I'm looking at Amy because yeah. Haley Adams, Haley
2: Adams, Paige Semenza.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty loaded uh, from from top to bottom. Uh, I will say Brooke Wells, you know, whenever it's a muscle up. She does not fare well, and she did not fare well this afternoon. I want to say next to last in loose, And that's just guessing by just looking. We don't have the leaderboard in front of us. Uh, but she struggled mightily with that rucksack and a muscle-up. But I'm sure there's going to be something for her that she's strong with coming up. On the men's side, we have Patrick Vellner. We have the Pancheck twins. Um Travis Williams is going solo. Uh not not on a team for this one. Um Amy is trying to feverishly pull up the men's list just to see if I'm missing anything.
2: We have Cole Sager. Oh yeah, Cole Sager. Uh Noah Olson.
1: I always forget Noah, second fittest man in the world, and I always forget him.
2: And as we mentioned before, this is his hometown. This is his, you know, yeah. hometown Wad here. Not Wad Travis, th- Did Travis
3: do you say Travis Williams?
1: Yeah.
2: Logan Collins.
1: Uh, Adrian Munweiler.
2: Hey, your boy there, Charlie. Christian Lasero. Oh yeah. <laughs> Christian Lasero. Uh Ryan Souter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so um Adrian Mundweiler. Yeah. Did you say that? Okay. Yeah.
1: Yep. And I know um I can't ever remember. It's Wong. Is it Eric Wong or Brian? Brian Wong. He was actually one of the first people I ever judged as a as a judge at regionals. He's a super cool guy, and he he really did well today he in loose yeah. yeah, he won the first heat, uh, but he, you know, so he's kind of out there solo uh, without any push. But yeah, he did really well on that.
2: Patrick Vellner took first, Cole Sager third, Saxon took fifth. Nice, and in, in that running event. Nice.
1: So yeah. So um, you know, Watauga is pretty much an outdoor event. Um, There's, you know, a lot of running, a lot of swimming. um, And then they do do some stuff on the. You said do do. I did. Uh, They do stuff on the stage there, uh, which is pretty fun. But um, so I got to ask you guys, who do you think is going to win? Whatapalooza? And who do you think will get the bid? On each on each side.
2: I think Patrick Vellner is going to win on the men's side. And I'm I'm gonna keep my fingers crossed for Saxon, to get his ticket. That's where I'm going on the men's side. Charlie, what about you?
3: I'm gonna have to agree with you on Vellner. Uh, but I gotta get my man Christian. Let's go.
2: Let's go.
1: So I have to agree with you on Velner. He just seems to be like in in the groove this year. Yes. Uh, winning the open coming out hot in an event that I wouldn't necessarily say is his strength. Um I, he is a good gymnast and muscle ups, but uh that rucksack run, I don't, I wouldn't say is his his strong suit. Um but I'm going to give him the the win for this weekend. And then was Noah second in that? Or seventh? No, seventh. Adrian um Adrian Munweiler. yeah. And so I think the bid comes down to Adrian Munweiler and Saxon and Paincheck. Okay. Um and, you know, full disclosure, we are friends with Saxon. Um, I want Saxon to get the, the ticket. Um, and so that's where I'll, I'll put my pick, a little heart pick there. Yeah. But I think Mundweiler is going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Yeah, he's a really good swimmer. Um, and that's, it is Wadapalooza, So All
2: what right. about the women? So I think Tia. I mean, uh, yeah, I do. I think Tia for sure. I think Tia is, is gonna win. Um, I think Sarah's gonna podium. Um, and then I think the ticket. I, I'm going Jessica Griffith.
1: What? What about you, Charlie?
3: That's exactly what I was gonna say. Actually, I think Tia's Tia's just tough to beat. Her mindset's too too great right now. Um, and Jessica's really fit. So I think it's her time to get her ticket.
1: So I agree with you on Jessica. Okay. I actually made that pick this afternoon. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna go with Sarah.
2: All right. I like it. So
1: watching watching the loose today, both Tia and Sarah, when they were done with that workout, did not look they had like they had worked out. Oh my. <laughs> they, they, both they don't look
2: like, like no 40 plus club, huh. They, they were like <laughs> They were
1: handing waters out to the other athletes. Oh, wow. Uh, to make sure they were okay, and that's, that's got to be intimidating to the other athletes. Yeah. Like, they were dead on their back, on the floor, and here's T and Sarah going, you need some water? Right. Um, they're just both at a different level right now, but that event today was not in Sarah's wheelhouse. That is a run. That's 3K run with a rucksack, and she hung.
2: Yeah, she's been looking stronger this year with her run.
1: And so when you get into like her wheelhouse of events, I I just think she's going to she's going to take it. Yeah. The teams, man, it's it's a mess on the team side uh, to even know who's on what team, because you have Sam Briggs on like team wit. You have uh, both mayhems there Uh, coming in. I actually thought mayhem Independence might get a bid through this thing. Uh, I am retracting that thought after watching them today. Uh, there's just not enough communication on that team. They're, they're not together enough. Uh, Mayhem, uh, in Mayhem Freedom, uh, came in second on that event, and that you know, Rich doesn't run well. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> right.
1: and they still took second. So I'm picking Mayhem Freedom to win the, the event. Uh, Go Wad took yeah. one. They're first. They they won today. They looked really good, and that's. Is that the Street Horner? I think it's the yes. Street Horner, um, Luke Schaefer, and the yep. OC Three Black Women, uh, Angela Nissler, yep. and, Nistler, and uh, I can't remember the other one's name. But yeah, they look they looked pretty tough, uh, and those are th- those are some strong competitors.
3: The Wad team. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they actually won yeah. loose today, uh, and they were side by side with Mayhem in lane by lane. Uh, so
2: yeah, uh, they only beat mayhem by six seconds
1: so I think I think what's interesting there is if if they would win the bid, um, Luke Schaefer has an indep- an individual ticket to the games, and the girls went with Travis Williams in Dubai and got the bid there. So what happens? That's going to be interesting, but I, I do think that those are going to be the top two teams at the end of the weekend.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
1: And so I think we'll just call that our, our Wadapalooza preview Uh, because we're going to be back Sunday um with uh, a recap of, of everything that happened and another interview to to throw at you guys. But at this point, we're going to talk about what was the best thing we saw on the Internet. And so Amy's going to go first.
2: So... If you've been listening to me lately, I have been cracking up about TikTok. So my kids have been on TikTok forever, and I don't know what it was, but somehow I decided I need to know what all this hype is. I'm going to get on TikTok. And I can't stop watching it. I can't stop. And it, and I I keep joking with some of the younger athletes here saying, come on, let's make a TikTok. Um, and I and I haven't made any because one I'm not that coordinated enough, and I don't want my uncoordination to be seen all over the internet. But I do love watching all the videos, and I'm cracking up with all the celebrities. So my favorite thing though is I saw that Brooke Entz is now on TikTok. So if you guys need uh, a good time waster, go ahead and uh, download the app TikTok and. Uh, get tick
1: and if you don't want to waste your time brooke actually posted it on her instagram <laughs> um and so you can but, see that specific one
2: yeah but you need you, you just need to see what it's like to just kind of get sucked in there
3: you do so it so, sounds like you and i need to do this they foot do. dance that i keep saying the
2: renegade or the, yeah we got to learn all the dances here the 40 plus club come on let's go
3: there we go maybe we'll do every start every 40 plus club with the TikTok.
2: maybe that should be our warm-up since we're not too good at warm-ups Hmm. Good plan We tick-tock our warm-up On that note <laughs>
1: <laughs> What what did you see, Charlie?
2: So
3: the We've all Either seen or done uh, The workout grace oh And
1: Now I know what yours is
3: Yes, yeah, sir The There is a world champion World-class powerlifter Named Eddie Hall And he is currently training to do grace in under a minute. Uh, And there's a good video of his practice of doing grace next to the video of Dan Bailey. Um, I believe it was called Weapons Hot or Weapons, something like that, where he did grace in a minute and a second. Um, Hmm. And you can actually see that Eddie Hall in the first fifteen does it at the same time as, as Dan Bailey. So it's going to be interesting to see once he actually does it because he's so strong. It looks like he's just putting up a PVC pipe.
2: Like a, like um, a toothpick or something.
3: Now, does he come to the top of his shoulders on his clean? And eh, what are you going to do? Sometimes, well, he, he's, just like mobility mobility he's just like you.
1: He's just like us, man. Yeah,
3: it's, uh, that no, material. no front
1: rack mobility.
3: That's right. and don't need to worry about that. So, <laughs> Uh, yeah, It's a great uh, it's a great watch. If you just look up Eddie Hall versus Dan Bailey.
1: Well, the scary great. thing is the scary thing is Dan Bailey starts out faster. Correct. And Eddie Hall gets faster. Correct. Uh, so it's insane. But yeah, I would not I would not use the Eddie Hall video as a technique video, but <laughs> no. it is but it is quick. And so I guess it's my turn, huh? Yeah. So I'm going to go with uh, one of our guests that we just had on. I watched the Loud and Live podcast uh, with Matt O'Keefe, and he had Sammy feeding Ooh. the Frasers on. Yep. Um, I actually started watching that at home, and whenever I watch CrossFit videos, my wife usually either leaves the room or goes shopping. Um, and with this one, she actually stayed and watched the whole thing. Whoa. Uh, it, it, it was that kind of charming and good. And I think you see a side of Matt Fraser that we've never seen before. And she reveals yeah. some stuff about him that we've never known before. Um, and he is completely smitten with that woman.
3: Oh, for sure. absolutely. Yeah.
1: At the way he looks at her during this interview, the way he smiles at her, the way he loves telling stories about her, Um, it's just amazing. And they actually tell how they met, uh, which is hilarious because, you know, the fear of rejection and all that stuff, like it just is really good. You you need to take some time. It's a, it's a long podcast. It's an like 90 minute long podcast. Uh, but it is, it is so charming and so interesting, uh, how they got together and how they just uh, are so in love with each other. Um, and there's some really funny stories in there, too. So that's what I'm going to go with this week. Love it. I try I try to, like, balance between um, emotional.
2: my emotional
1: and my mm-hmm. just funny.
2: <laughs> I feel like he's he often goes to the emotional sensitive side, which I appreciate about him, but it just makes me feel like a big jerk when I'm picking the hot guys all the
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> well, today you picked Brooke Enns.
2: I did. I, okay, I picked a hot girl this time. There you time. go. <laughs> there you
1: go. All right. Well, That does it for this week's episode. We'll catch you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Bye. See ya. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Please, if you liked what you just heard, hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends.